Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, from our news, CBS News election night headquarters in Times Square, with eight days to go, the final push by both candidates who are campaigning today in Pennsylvania. The Keystone State becomes the cornerstone for both campaigns and their path to win. President Trump with three stops today in Pennsylvania. We win Pennsylvania, we win the whole thing. And Joe Biden makes a surprise visit, hoping to get out the vote. With the grace of God, I'm going to win Pennsylvania. Second outbreak at the White House, this time in the vice president's office. So why is Mike Pence still campaigning after five of his aides test positive for coronavirus? COVID surge across the nation. Not a single state is seeing a decrease in infections. And as hospitalizations increase, the state that may be forced to ration ICU beds. From judge to justice, the Senate takes its final vote to confirm Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. Plus, more from our 60 Minutes interview with Senator Kamala Harris about the nation's highest court. Georgia, the unlikely toss-up. Could the state vote to send a Democrat to the White House for the first time in three decades? Emergency evacuations in Southern California. Multiple firefighters injured as at least 70,000 are told to get out as hurricane-force winds whip up the wildfire. And great news for the head coach of the Washington football team. Why you don't need to be a fan to cheer for Ron Rivera. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting tonight from CBS News Election Headquarters in Times Square. Good evening and thank you for joining us at our new election headquarters. We are going to begin with the final sprint to the White House, which tonight runs straight through Pennsylvania, which is eight days until the election. And with the coronavirus pandemic worsening nationwide, President Trump and Joe Biden arrived in the Keystone State today trying to win over voters in a state both candidates believe 
holds the key to the Oval Office. But with new cases of coronavirus now at their highest since the crisis began and with hospitals across the country again overflowing with patients, tonight the pandemic is once again center stage on the campaign trail. In a surprise visit to a voter center, Joe Biden pointed to the surge of infections, saying President Trump is the worst person to manage the nation's response to the virus. For his part, President Trump downplayed the crisis, holding three large rallies and saying no one would be talking about COVID after the election, even as his own White House is dealing with the second outbreak of it. Tonight, five of the vice president's aides have been infected. That's not stopping the vice president from campaigning in Minnesota after testing negative. And the White House says it won't stop a large swearing-in ceremony that's going to be held tonight on the South Lawn for Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett, who's expected to be confirmed by the Senate in the coming hours. So you can see there's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's Paula Reed is going to lead off our coverage tonight from the White House. Good evening, Paula. Good evening, Nora. President Trump today barnstormed across must-win Pennsylvania, making multiple stops, while former Vice President Joe Biden held just one event. Asked to defend his light travel schedule so close to the election, Biden said he is working at least 12 hours a day to win the White House. President Trump told Pennsylvania voters today his future was in their hands. By the way, we win Pennsylvania, we win the whole thing. you got to get out there. Down by seven points in the latest CBS News battleground tracker poll, President Trump blanketed the Keystone State with three separate stops. His goal? Turn out longtime Republicans and overcome Joe Biden's gains in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. We're all trying to fight to get back, and I know Trump can keep get us back to where we should be. Not to be outdone, Biden too showed up in Pennsylvania, calling attention to Chief of Staff Mark Meadows' admission this weekend that the administration would not get control of the virus. We're not going to control the pandemic. We are going to control the fact that we get uh, vaccines, therapeutics. And he said, we're not going to control it. Not going to control it. The bottom line is Donald Trump is the worst possible president, the worst possible person to try to lead us through this pandemic. With another COVID outbreak inside the White House, the vice president's top aide, Mark Short, tested positive along with four others in Pence's circle. President Trump still told supporters in Allentown the pandemic was nearing its end. And we're rounding the turn. You know, all they want to talk about is COVID. But the U.S. saw a record number of infections nationwide in recent days. You know, Mr. President, you have to have a little bit of shame, just a little bit of shame, because people are dying. Vice President Pence campaigned in Minnesota today, despite his recent exposure. It is great to be back in the North Star State. But health experts disputed the official justification from the White House that Mr. Pence's campaign work was essential and in accordance with CDC guidelines. I don't think any of us think campaigning, as important as it is, is critical infrastructure for our country. He should really be in quarantine. Health officials have already connected at least 23 COVID cases in Minnesota to events put on by the Trump campaign. They've also connected at least one case to events put on by the Biden campaign. Nora. Paula Reed, thank you. Turnout is already smashing records with eight days to go before polls close. And today we saw long lines greeting voters in Maryland as it became the 41st state now open for in-person voting. We get more now from CBS's Ed O'Keefe. It's a scene unprecedented in modern history. Good morning. Thank you for voting. 
millions of Americans in long lines almost everywhere, having their say as a bitterly contested election nears its end. I think election day is going to be crazy. You figure, look at us already. The more than 62 million early votes tallied tops all early votes cast in 2016. Democrats have the advantage so far. These are troubling times. But Republicans are starting to show up, including Deborah Rhodes of Ohio, who waited an hour to cast her vote for the president. When I look at the uh, opposition, I don't see much uh, uh, change there from the past years of, of Obama. A record number of young people are also casting ballots this year. And so far, one out of every four voters is a new or infrequent voter, meaning overall turnout could be historic. With so many votes already cast, President Trump this week is targeting the remaining voters in must-wing swing states. He's tied or trailing Biden in all of them. The former vice president is holding fewer events, but his campaign is playing offense. He'll stump in Georgia, Iowa, and Wisconsin, where Democrats hope to pull off an upset, and running mate Kamala Harris will campaign in Texas, a state Democrats haven't won in 44 years. The two candidates continue to appeal to and bicker over the suburban female vote. Suburban women, will you please like me? The president told Leslie Stahl on 60 Minutes he was joking when he said that. I said kiddingly, suburban women, you should love me. I got rid of a regulation that would bring low-income housing into suburbia that is destroying, that would destroy suburbia. Biden, meanwhile, told Nora O'Donnell the president has an outdated view of the suburbs. He wouldn't know a suburb unless he took a wrong turn. Go out in the suburbs now. It's not 1950. There are black and white families living next door to one another and driving each other's kids to soccer practice. As his numbers continue to slip with suburban women and older voters, expect the president to keep focused this week on the economy, the top concern of Republican voters. And he'll be visiting the most Republican parts of those key battleground states in order to shore up support, Nora. All right, Ed O'Keefe, thank you. The surge in COVID cases here in the U.S. and overseas sent stocks tumbling today. New cases averaged 68,000 each day for the past week. That's the most since the start of the pandemic. The Dow fell 650 points on the news, a loss of more than two and a quarter percent. In parts of the U.S. where hospitals are now overwhelmed, officials are taking drastic measures. CBS's Maria Virial reports tonight from the Texas border. Tonight, El Paso, Texas is overwhelmed by the surge and hospitals are in crisis after hitting capacity with 853 COVID patients, a new record for the city that's seen a more than 400% spike since the start of the month. These are the newly assembled overflow tents at University Medical Center, where the ICU is completely full, along with every other ICU in El Paso County. The situation is so dire that a new stay-at-home order has been issued, along with a nighttime curfew for all non-essential workers. Well, it's the first time I've seen her since the, uh, a week. Oh, my God. El Paso resident and author Ron Stallworth is recovering at home. Patsy, when's the last time you saw Ron? Eight days ago. While his wife Patsy is battling the virus at a hospital. Uh, Wednesday was a bad day. How bad was it? I- Enough to start saying your goodbyes. Uh, If it weren't for oxygen, I don't think I'd be here. Nationwide coronavirus cases are on the rise in 44 states, with more than 41,000 COVID patients hospitalized, a 40% increase in the past month. No states are seeing declines. 
In Utah, administrators are already warning of the possibility of rationing access to critical care using standards that would favor younger patients. Back on the border in South Texas, with death rates at nearly 5%, Dr. Yvonne Melendez says that vaccine can't come soon enough. So if you look at diabetes, hypertension, obesity, uh, people that are uninsured, so we have all the perfect uh, uh, parameters for a tsunami, for a perfect storm. Could it get worse? Oh, absolutely. Tonight, Texas has the second highest number of cases in the country, just behind California. And as these virus cases continue to spiral out of control along the border, one El Paso official is saying they have reached a crisis stage. Nora. All right, Maria Villarreal, thank you. Turning now to weather out west, hurricane force winds have prompted urgent red flag fire warnings tonight in Southern California, where a new wildfire has forced tens of thousands from their homes. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti reports tonight from the fire lines in Irvine, California. The winds came with a vengeance, flames and thick smoke darkening the sky. This Southern California wildfire exploded in a matter of minutes. Residents ordered to get out. The flames being pushed by powerful Santa Ana winds, the strongest all year, gusts topping 70 miles per hour. The fire that started up in the hills, a big concern, will be pushed into neighborhoods like this. Because the wind is so strong, there are no airdrops, so fire crews are on foot trying to stop these flames from spreading. They've already jumped two major highways. Erratic winds already taking a toll. Tonight, at least two first responders injured fighting this blaze. And this is what fire crews are up against tonight. A wall of flame and smoke being whipped around by these hurricane force winds. There is a neighborhood, believe it or not, on the other side of all this that fire crews right now simply can't get to. This fire event is expected to last through the night with more hurricane force winds until tomorrow afternoon. Nora. Jonathan Vigliotti, thank you. Tonight, if all goes as Republicans plan, Judge Amy Coney Barrett will become Justice Barrett and could be at work in her court chambers as soon as tomorrow morning. Here's CBS's Nancy Cordes. Jamming through this nomination in this fashion is unprecedented. Democrats call it a rush job, but Republicans call it victory. She's exceptionally intelligent, academically astute, and impeccably credentialed. Tonight's confirmation of Judge Amy Coney Barrett comes just 38 days after the death of the famed liberal justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So help you God. At 48, Barrett becomes the youngest justice on the court by five years. She could help secure a conservative majority for decades to come. The nomination of Amy Coney Barrett is truly historic. This is the most openly pro-life judicial nominee to the Supreme Court in my lifetime. And she'll be seated in time to hear some pivotal cases next month, including one that pits religious freedom against gay rights and another involving the fate of Obamacare, plus urgent ballot counting cases from North Carolina, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. We must listen to Americans right now who are saying openly, I'm going to the polls because of my fears on health care. The GOP power play worked because the party controls the Senate and the White House. 
CBS News has confirmed Barrett will be sworn in at the White House tonight. Justice Clarence Thomas administering the oath. They're prepping for an audience of several hundred people, though we're told the seats will be spaced a little further apart than they were a few weeks ago when a similar ceremony for Judge Barrett became a super spreader event. So another big event tonight? That's right. Nancy Cordes, thank you. So with the fight over Barrett's nomination all but over, where does that leave Democrats? We put the question to vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris in our 60 Minutes interview. Amy Coney Barrett's going to be the ninth justice of the Supreme Court, and that will cement a conservative majority for generations to come, 6-3. What can you do about it? Well, right now, I'm asking everybody to vote. And vote early. Where's the camera? Which which camera should I be looking at? Vote early. <laughs> um, because the American people can make a decision about what the future is going to look like. The but if they the vote court, for you, what can you do about it? Well, the future of the court is always going to be um, a function of who is in office in the White House. And I believe that um, the American people can trust that if Joe Biden had the, the the requirement to fill a seat on the court, he would do it in a way that would respect precedent like Roe v. Wade. And that's what's at stake in this election, as much as everything else. Speaking of what's at stake in our election tonight, our new CBS News Battleground Tracker poll shows a tight race in reliably red state of Georgia. Joe Biden is tied with President Trump, but a Democrat hasn't won the peach state since Bill Clinton all the way back in 1992. CBS's Mark Strassman now with the how the state could turn blue in 2020. Voting early in Georgia can take stamina, wait times of up to 10 hours. But already, nearly 3 million Georgians have persevered and cast ballots. This is definitely important. Um, This is how we get heard, um, especially in this election. This state's growing younger, more diverse, less reliably red. Since President Trump won by five points here in 2016, another one million people have registered to vote. I love Georgia. I love being with you. The president has campaigned here twice since last month. We won Macon, Georgia. We're going to win it again. Our CBS Battleground tracker shows for Trump supporters here, the economy and immigration matter most. For Biden voters, it's about COVID and character. Most Georgians who have already voted support Biden. Most who have yet to vote favor Trump. You ready, ma'am? Any Georgia voter can roll to the polls with volunteer drivers and a nonprofit called NACA. They've taken 15,000 voters already. Republican, Democrat, Independent, you know, Snow White, I don't care. With so few undecideds left, it's all about turnout. A group called Black Voters Matter plans to hang election information on a quarter million doorknobs. We know that there is power in numbers, and when we work together, we win. Part of your message is you got to be in it to win it. you got to be in the game to win it. you got to be in it to win it. Former Vice President Biden will campaign here in Georgia tomorrow and potentially at stake in Georgia on election night, control of the U.S. Senate. Here's why. Georgia is the only state with both of its U.S. Senate seats on the ballot, both held by Republicans who could rise or fall with the president at the top of the ticket. Nora? Which could lead to one of the big cliffhangers on election night. Mark Strassman, thank you. Tonight, Hurricane Zeta, the 27th named storm of the Atlantic season, is on track to strike the U.S. Gulf Coast as soon as Wednesday. Zeta is lashing Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula tonight with 80-mile-an-hour winds. 
All right. In a major sting operation, scientists destroyed the first nest of murder hornets found in the U.S. Nearly 200 of the hornets were captured in Washington state. Officials tied tracking devices to them with dental floss. That led them to the hornet's nest. You didn't have to be a football fan to join the cheering for the head coach of the Washington football team. Ron Rivera left the hospital today to applause after completing treatments for a type of skin cancer. But he did not miss a single game during his treatment. Rivera, who's 58, had one last stop before exiting the facility, the Victory Bell, to celebrate his most important win. Tonight, we thought we'd give you a quick tour of our new home for the next two weeks. Our CBS News election night headquarters will have an all-star team at the desk, the latest exit polls. And I want to show you this. This is where the magic happens. It is our decision desk. Well, for the first time, we will have more data at our fingertips than ever before with our director, Anthony Salvanto. All of that when the polls close, something you'll find only here at CBS News. And just a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell at our CBS News election night headquarters in New York. It's pretty awesome, right? See you back here tomorrow. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.